When you spend time in the Word, you are spending time with Jesus. Walking in Him and Abiding in the Word, Part 2. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. I would like to share just a little humor, a little country Amish husband, wife, and son to the city on vacation. And they visited a shopping mall while there, and the mother is shopping, and the father and son are standing in awe in front of an elevator, having no idea what it is since they've never been to the city. And as they watch, an elderly lady walks into the strange silver doors and the doors close. The father and son watch as the numbers go up and then back down. And when the doors open, a beautiful young woman walks out. The father leans over and whispers to his son, quick, go get your mother. <laughs> I think it's just the men laughing. <laughs> I'm going to have to stop all of my male chauvinists. <laughs> Well, we're sharing part two, entitled Walking in Him, Abiding in the Word, Walking in Him, Abiding in the Word. That was kind of what was on my heart to begin this new season that we're in, just walking in Him and abiding in the Word, walking in Him and abiding in the Word. Over in John chapter 15, verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. You abide in me, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Notice that our union with Christ is maintained by the word. A union with Christ is maintained by the word. Now he said previously here in John chapter 15, he says, if you abide in me and I in you, but here he further explains himself and he gives clarity. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So Jesus was equating himself to the word. Jesus is the word. You know, the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so Jesus equates himself 
with the word. So that's why he interchangeably said, you abide in me and I abide in you. Then he later says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, he's letting us know that our union with him is maintained by his word. And so Christ Jesus is set before us by the word. Christ Jesus is set forth before us by the word. Jesus is the word. So when you spend time in the word, you are spending time with Jesus. I love something that my daughter Elisha said. She ministered once here. She said, it's not a duty to read your Bible. It's an invitation to know love himself. So reading the Bible is not a duty. It's an invitation to know, love himself. God gives us his word so that we can draw near to him. And abiding in the word is one of the ways that we abide in him. It's God's desire that through his word, we may find him at any place and at any time. He wants us to dwell, live, and breathe, and remain in his presence, which we do by having our hearts deep in God's word and God's word deep in our hearts. And you know, when you abide in him, his words abiding in you, his life flows through us, and it flows through us naturally. It flows out naturally. It just comes out of you naturally. The very life of God comes out of you naturally. When you abide in him, he's abiding in you, and his words abiding in you, and his very life, his nature flows out of you naturally. You will find yourself automatically joyful. You'll find yourself automatically grateful. You'll find yourself automatically prayerful, kind, generous, loving, you don't even have to think about it or try to do it. It flows out of you naturally when you're abiding in him. His words are abiding in you. It's a natural flow. And that's what Jesus said in, in John 10, 10. He said, I've come that you might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so that's his life. It flows out of us. When we abide in him, He's abiding in us. His word's abiding in us. His life flows out of us naturally, flows out of us naturally, flows out of us naturally. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he had sent me something kind of negative, and he was waiting on my response. He thought I was going to respond negatively toward it, and I didn't. I responded positively toward it. And he said, man, you're the most positive person I know. I said, well, it's not really me. I said, it's his life flowing through me. It's his life flows through me. His life, I said, I don't have to try to do it or want to do it. It automatically flows through me. All, my only job is to abide in him. My only job is to abide in him. Let his word abide in me. That's my only job. His life flows through us automatically if we abide in the vine. He is the vine and we are the branches and we can't bear anything unless we abide in him. And so I love this 
John 15, 7, it says, The promises of God are abiding in us, ready to be turned into prayers. That's what it's really saying. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask, it'll be given to you. It'll be done for you. So notice that if we abide in him and his words abide in us, whatever we ask, it'll be done for us. So it lets us know that his promises are in us, ready to be turned into prayers, ready to be turned into prayers. I love something very similar to this verse in John 15, 7. I love Colossians 3, 16. Now, everybody knows John 3, 16. Everybody knows. I mean, even the world knows John 3, 16. Even at the football game, there'll be fans that'll have John 3.16 painted across their chest. <laughs> Everybody knows John 3.16. But I also like Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. It's an easy way for you to remember it. Colossians 3.16 simply says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. One translation says, remain as a rich treasure in your heart. You know, when you're eating something rich, you know, like if you have a piece of cake, when we refer to it and say, this cake is rich, what we're saying is, this cake is heavy, is dense, is full, is full of sweetness, it's rich. It's packed. And so when you think about let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, that's what we're saying. Allow it to dwell in you where your heart is full, where your heart is packed, where it enriches your life. Where the word dwells richly, there Christ dwells. Where the word dwells richly, there Christ dwells. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The Message Bible says, let the word of Christ have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your life. Another translation says, let the word spoken by Christ, the Messiah, have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness. We abide in him and he in us when the word dwells in us richly, when the word dwells in us richly. So Jesus is the word. So where the word is dwelling richly, there Christ abides. There Christ abides. Because Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. There's something very similar to this over in the book of Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 8. The apostle says, he says, you don't have to send anybody to heaven to bring Christ down. Or you don't have to send anybody to the depths trying to bring Christ up. 
He says, no, the word is not thee. It's in your mouth and in your heart. It's the word of faith which we preach. So notice he equated Jesus or Christ to the word. You don't have to go off afar looking for Christ. You don't have to go to heaven trying to bring him down. You don't have to go to the depths trying to bring him up. He's not there anyway. He's already been raised. So he is in heaven. He is in heaven, but he also lives in our heart through the word, by the word, by the spirit. And so I like that. So notice he said, you don't have to go to heaven trying to bring Christ down or go to the depths trying to bring him up. No, the word is near you. The word is near you. So he equated Christ to the word. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. And our union with Christ is maintained by the word. Our union with Christ is maintained by the word. Notice what it says. It's in our mouth and in our heart. Which means we are reading it daily, thinking on it daily. So the word is near you. The word is near you. Somebody sent me a little video and they sent it today they didn't even know I was going to be talking about this today this particular subject but they sent me a video and the video is entitled the video is entitled it seems like every time I try to read the Bible I get distracted and so they sent a little video and it illustrated how we feel when we're trying to read the Bible how distractions come AV if you can play that first video this is how we feel every time we try to read the Bible. Of going until it's all that he had and by it to feel. Now, 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 now for the context or the background, part of the background, uh, at the time, people would bury their, their, their treasure on their property, and in their case of gold, and so it's all they had and buy to feel. Now, 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 now for the context of. And that's the way we feel every time we try to read the Bible. We're always being distracted. We're always being distracted. I found a second video. Avi, if you could play the second video, it's also on the same subject. How we feel, how we're being distracted every time we try to read the Bible. What's going on with you, Lord? I can get into this good book. Yes, sir. Tap into that word with you, Lord. Tap into that word. All right, I think I was in Isaiah. Isaiah. You should Man, shut up, bro. Isaiah 58. Let's see. All right, 58. Bro, oh my goodness, stop texting me. Lord, hi, right, hold on. Isaiah 58. One. And ain't no way, ain't no, Lord, are you hearing this? Yeah. What you gonna do? Got the whole purge going on outside. You know what? Nah, listen. Isaiah 58 and 1. And that's all.
isn't it interesting how every time we want to read the Bible or <laughs> every time we get ready to pray, notice how all these distractions will start coming. All these distractions will start happening. Well, that's because the devil wants to keep you away from the word. The devil wants to keep you away from the word because the devil knows that the word is greater than he is. He knows that the word will break his influence and his power in your life. And so he can't stop the word. So all he can try to do is stop you from getting in the word and stop the word from getting in you. So that's his chief objective and his chief aim is to keep you away from the word. He knows he can't stop the power of the word. All he can try to do is to keep you away from it. And so that's why all these distractions and all these interruptions happen in our life. He's trying to keep you away from the word. Jesus even said, he says, when he gave the parable of the seed and the sower, the first thing that happened, the devil comes immediately to steal the word. He comes immediately to steal the word. Because when there's no word, there's no victory in your life. And the devil knows that he can exercise his power over you when there's no word. But when the word is there, his power is broken and he knows it. And so all he does is tries to distract you from the word. And so we're talking about just walking in him, abiding in the word. Walking in him and abiding in the word. You know, God has exalted the Bible says that God has exalted the word above his name. He has exalted the word above his name. And there are two reasons for that. Two reasons that God exalted the word above his name is because reason number one, the word reveals God's name. God's word is how we know his name. He's revealed in the scriptures as Adonai and Jehovah Sitkanu and Jehovah Makedesh and Jehovah Shammah and El Shaddai. All of these names of God, we learn from God's word. So that's why God has exalted his word above his name because his word reveals his name. His word reveals who he is. His word reveals his character. His word reveals his nature. It's how we get an opportunity to see him. It's how we get an opportunity to know him. That's why God has exalted his word above his name. Second reason he's exalted his word above his name is because if his word was no good, his name would be no good. A person's name is only as good as their word. And so in order for God's name to have value, he had to exalt the character and the integrity of his word. His word is good, and that's what makes his name good. His word is good. His word is good. The Holy Spirit said to me, he didn't actually say this to me, but he pointed it out to me in Scripture. I was reading my Bible one morning. And I have the chapter in the book and the verse written down. I don't have it with me, but it said that his word is truth. And his truth endureth to all generations. His truth endureth forever. 
it dawned on me, I got a revelation. I said, wait a minute. God's word is true. God's word is true. God's word is not only true, it's truth. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. Now, the reason that's important is, for instance, I'll give you an example. When the Bible says that by his stripes ye are healed, that is truth. Now, you may have symptoms in your body. You may feel pain. X-rays may show cancer or some other disease. Those are not truth. They are facts, but they aren't truth. Truth supersedes facts. By his stripes, you are healed is truth. That's truth, and it endures forever. It endures to all generations. And when I saw the revelation, I said, wow. So now you walk in the truth of God's word, and that's why you can say, I'm healed even if you feel sick. That's why you can say I'm healed by his stripes even if the x-rays show disease. You can say healed because you are agreeing with truth, not fact. Man, so the Holy Spirit showed me that this one. God's word is truth, and it's true forever. His truth endureth to all generations. His truth supersedes fact. So when you read Philippians 4, 19, that my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that's truth. That's truth. Now, I may look at my bank account, may not have but $2. That fact doesn't change the truth. So I choose to believe the truth because God's not a man. He should lie. He can't lie because if he lied, his name would be no good. So God makes his word good so that his name is always good. And so even if I look at my bank account, there's only $2, I can still know the truth and I can believe the truth and latch on to the truth. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That is the truth. And you stay with the truth. And God will bring it to pass. Your job is to stay with the truth. Your job is to stay with the truth. Let God figure out how he'll bring it to pass. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. He watches over his word to perform it. He watches over every word to perform it. And so God can't lie. When you get that revelation, that's a revelation that hit me. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. That's how people get their divine healing when the light goes off and they realize they are healed. And God can't lie about that. He cannot lie about that. You are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. By his stripes, ye are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes ye were healed. And so his word, he can't lie. And so that's why we believe the truth. We stand on the truth. No matter what the evidence appears, no matter what the facts say, I choose to stand with truth. Truth. God's word is not only true, it's truth. Truth supersedes fact. And I saw it plain as day. I said, wow, that's why we fight the good fight of faith. Because the devil's going to try to get you to go with fact. 
he's going to try to show you this. He's going to say, hey, no, you're hurting. Look, look what the x-rays show. Look what the doctor said, et cetera, et cetera. No, I don't care. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe God's word. His word is truth. Praise God. Anybody see that? Anybody see that revelation? Man, it hit me. It hit me. It hit me. And so oftentimes we lose the battle because we're in the sense realm. We're trying to go by what we see, feel, you know, can touch. And No, you go by God's word is eternal. And we look at what's eternal. We don't look at the things that are seen. We look at the unseen. God's word is eternal. And it's truth. He can't lie. He can't lie. He can't lie. So when that revelation hit me, he can't lie. His word is true. His word is truth. And that's what you base your life on. That's what you stand on. Because God can't lie. All you have to do is just remind God, say, God, you said it right here. He can't lie. He can't lie. He won't go back on his word. He's not a man that he should lie. He can't. He can't. I mean, all of creation is is writing on his word. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says that all of creation is upheld by the word of his power, which means this is how you know God's word is true and how it operates forever. Everything is happening in creation because when God said, let there be light, that's his word. That's why the light, that's why the sun is still rising every day. That word is undergirding that. That's his word being carried out. When he told the oceans to come to the shore and go back and come, they do it over and over again because that's his word that set it in motion. So all of nature, all of creation is operating they're upheld by the word of his power. And so that's how you know God's word is true. He made a covenant. His word is what makes day and night. And so long as you see day and night, you know his word is true. You know as long as you see the sun rise, you know his word is true. His word is still in operation. His word is still working. He won't change that. And neither will he change the promise that he makes to you in his word. Praise God. Man, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Oh, man. <laughs> Praise God. Man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But I, mean, I got so excited when I saw that because I had never seen it quite like that. And I said, okay, now I understand why we have this great battle of faith. Because we're always trying to go by our feelings. We're always trying to go by the way things look instead of going by the truth of God's word. Find out what his word says and stand on that because he can't lie. It's true. It's true. It is true. Praise God. Man, isn't that good? That'll set you free. That'll set you free. Man, Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. The truth, the devil won't be able to lie his way into your life. The truth will set you free. He won't be able to hold you in bondage by a lie when you know the truth of what God says. The truth of what God says. Praise God. Man, that got me all excited. <laughs> I guess I'm going to stop right there. We'll pick up. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. I'm just taking my time, working my way through the scriptures. And I was just kind of led in this new season just to kind of recalibrate our lives to the word, to recalibrate our lives to walking in him and abiding in the word. Because that's where your strength is. That's where your authority is. That's where your peace and your love and your joy is. That's where your victory is. 
Everything is there. Everything is there. Sometimes we run around trying to chase everything, but it's all in Him. It's all in Him. Everything we need, it's all in Him. It's all in Him. You get Him, you got everything else. It's all in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. Walking in Him, abiding in the Word. Walking in Him, abiding in the Word. Christian, I'm going to let you sing something for a few minutes. We'll just worship. Is rise. Right.
Stand to your feet. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord. We just love you and praise you. And thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to walk in you and abide in the word and dwell in us richly, Lord. And we just thank you so much. We love you and praise you. And we are grateful for your fellowship. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part two of the series titled, Walking in Him and Abiding in the Word, by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 3061. That's 3061. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 3061 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, Go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often, because brother, you need the word. From brothers of the word.